It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is Bonus Benson. This segment is officially completely off the rails. What are you talking about? Stuff we wish never aired. You know, I'm the talent. Right, of course. Except I'm the talent. Come on, man. The Guy Benson Show. Home stretch. Here on this Monday, it's the Guy Benson Show. Welcome back. GuyBensonShow.com. That's our website. Our podcast is always free every day. So as regular listeners are aware, we spent the week last week in California out at Stanford and the Hoover Institution had a great week of shows. And then Friday, we got off the air, went to the airport, Christine and I together. We spent a lot of time at the airport because we had evening flights, red eyes back home, and we got dinner. Then we went to the United Club, and they have an open bar there, which I knew would be a little bit dangerous with Christine. And she had a few drinks, then a few more, and then started to become very good friends with so many people inside the United Club. Then she boarded her flight. I sort of poured her onto the plane, and it was back to New Jersey. And, Christine, I know those overnight flights can be difficult. Did you get to sleep? Were you bright-eyed and bushy-tailed when you landed? Uh, That's a complete negative, Guy Benson. Not only – I think I may have slept 20 minutes the entire flight. Oh, oh boy. It was brutal. First of all, I picked a seat – unbeknownst to me, that leaned up to a wall. So, because mm. I, it was the middle of the plane, I didn't think anything of it, and that wall was the bathroom. So not only could I not recline, uh, I heard everybody in and out of the bathroom. Every flush. Oh, every flush. Every noise. Um, and the guy next to me had some sort of allergy going on. I felt like I was sitting next to Dan. It was nonstop sneezing, which I couldn't take and then two rows ahead of me wasn't a baby it was a kid screaming from the time we took off to the time we landed and the parents did nothing not even tried to walk the kid nothing so needless to say I got off the flight and vowed to never ever 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 take a red eye again Uh, got a few hours of sleep and then off to Hershey Park with the family we went for the weekend well did you also start to develop a hangover in the middle of this flight, perhaps? Oh, you thought that was a lot that I drank? I mean, it was a fair amount. Yeah, no. 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 That was, that was, <laughs> it barely had any effect? No, I thought that was going to just put me to sleep, to be honest. And it probably would have. I mean, yeah, I did some damage at the United Club, I could say. And I met, by the way, we <laughs> met a lovely, lovely guy at the club he was so nice huge fan of fox we exchanged information i believe i'm going to meet up with him when he gets to new york uh i gotta tell bobby about that um but yeah i don't think you make enough friends when you're there you just are going to sit there and like be on your phone or work 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 but that's time to like chat people up Mm. i don't know i feel like i kept to myself i had a few drinks i watched some of the baseball playoffs at the club. Then I got on my flight. And so you didn't hear about this. I had gotten a very good deal for a first-class seat so I could lie flat because I knew I was going to need to sleep as much as possible on the flight back 
because we were like co-hosting a huge block party slash Oktoberfest, i.e. Blocktoberfest, the very next day. So I needed to be well-rested. I could not have had the situation that you did. So I had paid like hundreds of extra dollars. It was still a pretty good deal. Nevertheless, for a lie-flat seat, I get in the seat, malfunction, wouldn't lie flat, (gasps) wouldn't lie flat. So I very politely called the flight attendant over, and he confirmed that it was broken. Now, it was going back pretty far. There was just like other parts of the mechanics that weren't working. And so they've credited me some money. I'm in the process, politely for now, of requesting a larger credit based on the scope of this failure, which they completely concede happened. Like, you pay for that kind of seat, and if you don't get it, then what's the point? That is the entire reason I spent the money was to be able to sleep, like, on a bed and sleep through the flight. Now, the good news is I'm very good at sleeping on planes, and because it lay back a fair amount, I was able to sort of twist myself into a position where I was mostly lying down, and I slept for probably three and a half to four hours of the flight. So that's not too bad. I got home, I napped again, and then sort of rebooted for the day. And the people started arriving at noon. I think the final people left the final elements inside, you know, the post party at the house at around midnight. So it was 12 hours of festivities, including kegs and all this other stuff. It was really fun. The weather was beautiful, chilly, but perfect, I think, for that type of event. And, Christine, I know that you were kind of wishing that you were there, especially when you found out that your best friend, Wyatt, was invited and came to Blocktoberfest. Are you jealous? Are you still jealous? Uh, Yeah, just a little bit. I didn't know why it was invited. I didn't know why it was going. I feel like this group of best friends is leaving out information. I mean, I was with you every single day for a week, and you never told me that part. Well, it just sort of slipped my mind. And... You and I had spent so very much time together (laughs) for five or six days in a row. I thought it was just, you know, fine to maybe have YY come over and spend a little bit of time. And there was a good crowd. There were bounce houses that Wyatt did not participate in, sadly. There was a face painter, very elaborate face painting, and I was urging Wyatt to get his face painted. I was going to do it myself, except I had media buzz the next day, and I felt like Howie Curse might (laughs) frown upon like me with a giant dragon face. But I was thinking about getting like a little pony tattoo, like a teardrop, you know, to to represent you-know-who. I was thinking about doing that, and I was asking Wyatt if he would do it, and for some reason, he just wouldn't. He was probably just bitter that there were no balloon animal people there where he could sort of judge them from afar and sort of neg their work product given his own background, very lucrative background in the balloon arts. But why did you have a nice time? Was it fun? Yes, it was a lot of fun, guy. Thank you for for the invite, and uh, and I, I I'm upset that Christine didn't come. Christine, well, let's not get carried away. Christine, I do have an update though on something that we did talk about. So I had given you, again against my better judgment, our Christmas party date that we have circled on the calendar for our big Christmas party that we host every year and have for years. It's a very fun tradition. You know what the date is. We reached out to the caterer over the weekend just to say, like, hey, this is the date. You know, can we get a proposal like we get every year? We had last year's one up just to sort of get a sense of 
ballpark, what it would cost. They got back to us today. In fact, just during the commercial break, like 10 minutes ago, Adam texted me. They are asking for a minimum spend this year that is more than double <gasps> what we have spent in the last couple of years. Like, add, add a zero. Like, add a zero to this. It's crazy. And I still don't really want to believe that they're going to throw us overboard if we're not going to double our spending with them. But I don't know. Maybe this is their response to inflation and just sort of what they can manage or not manage and saying we're only going to take on really huge projects with huge dollar amounts. And if this is what they're going to stick to, like, we cannot use them. We will have to make a new plan or find a new caterer or not have the event catered or or something because I'm just – I'm sort of – shell-shocked here. I'm more than taken aback, and I'm hoping we can get this resolved. I I can resolve this right now. Oh, no. I'll do it. No. I, I make a very good Christmas tree charcuterie in the shape of the tree. I could, like, make it for the centerpiece of the party. Little hot dogs, little meatballs. Um, We could do, like, I could be a shot girl. Oh, that could be fun. I make a homemade pineapple vodka that will blow the guest away. I just let's talk about this. I don't think you need them. I, I really don't. We will work this out, but I, I'll do it. Don't worry. You're welcome. Uh, that was not what I was hoping for here. And that is very kind. Of course, I'm not going to take your offer to the bank, even if I were interested, because I remember when a certain someone offered to make jello shots for a summer party a few years ago, then didn't show up. And that was like you had one job and didn't do that, let alone taking over the entire responsibility for food and beverage. Absolutely not. But I was hoping for a little bit more, uh, I don't know, sympathy here, outrage that they're They're trying to double the prices. They're not going to do this to you. First of all, you are a repeat client. Oh, another thing I could do. Do you want me to call them and talk to them? You know, that's not the worst idea, come to think of it. Maybe if we have to really unleash, like if they're being intransigent and our, if they're not budging oh, okay. with me or with Adam, maybe we can get, uh, you know, Cookie on the on the horn and see how quickly they, they you know, crumble and and cave. Although maybe this is just like, I don't know, new management or they've they've looked at the books. They're saying, nope, you got to spend a fortune with us or we're not going to do your party. And we just don't have a fortune to spend on this party. Yeah, oh, I'm getting stressed out about this. And we're out of time. We're out of time. And now I'm going to leave on a stressful note. It's also like the world's smallest violin ever. Like, oh, no, the cost of a Christmas party is going up. Well, I mean, it's just Grinch. It's Grinch-like tactics. From the company, if they hold their ground. I'm not going to mention them. I'm not going to put them on blast. We're going to try to work it out diplomatically. Just keep your fingers crossed, and we will keep you updated on this extremely important breaking story. Uh, Here on The Guy Benson Show, back tomorrow, same time, same place. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great night. Home stretch on this Tuesday on The Guy Benson Show. Glad to have you here. GuyBensonShow.com, our website. Podcast is free every day. Catch me tonight on special report on the panel. I'll be on set with Brett and the crew 
That's around 6.40, 6.45 Eastern Time on Fox News Channel. Well, it's time now to discuss Christmas, because why not? It's October 11th. There is a subject, or at least a phenomenon, known as Christmas creep that I am often lamenting and bemoaning on this show, much to the chagrin of producer Christine, who is very much a supporter of, a practitioner of Christmas creep, which is the idea of the Christmas season starting way too soon and the Christmas sort of season creeping deeper and deeper into the fall. And if you're new to the show, then you might not know that my favorite season is the fall. My favorite holiday is Thanksgiving. So I like to protect Thanksgiving from Christmas creep. No Christmas tree in the house until after Thanksgiving. No Christmas music in the house until usually December 1st. Christine, of course, starts with Christmas around July, typically. And so we sent around this article about Christmas creep in the group text, and Christine was saying, no, no, that's not what that is. It's just being prepared. It's called planning. And then she tried to do some of her Christmas creep planning involving her mother, and she got a real rebuke from Judgey Joyce. Christine, what happened? So my mom is coming up this Sunday. We do Sunday dinner a lot of times. So she's coming up, and I thought for a second, and I said, oh, you know what? Uh, it would be good for her to bring up all the boxes of Christmas decor that I have because we had to keep it there when we sold the house. So I wrote to her and I said, Mom, since you're coming up on Sunday, just do me a favor. Obviously, she can't bring up the tree, but bring the Christmas um, boxes. I want to get sort through everything, see what I need, what I don't need, what actually matches this apartment and what doesn't. And then that way on November 1st, I'm good to go. So she wasn't responding, and then I finally texted again. and said, did you see this? And then she, all she wrote was, Chris, dot, 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 grow up and get real, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> get real. I love that. I'm not exactly sure what it means, but I think Me it's just a reality check. Like, it is October 11th. Don't be asking me to bring Christmas decorations to the house. I think that, that is a completely reasonable thing. And I do have to wonder, though, before you even respond to that, is this potentially a deflection where she's punting this issue because maybe the Christmas stuff actually isn't at her house? Maybe it went the way of the hot dog costume and it's gone and she's just trying to delay you finding out about that. Huh. So then that means Bobby isn't on it because Bobby was the one that got rid of the hot dog costume. So I'm going to have to do mm-hmm. some searching some digging. It's like, oh yeah, it's all at uh, it's all at Judgey Joyce's house. We'll get it when the time comes, you know, in due time, in due time, Christine. And now, obviously, it's not due time. It's way too early. But at some point, they'll just have to say, yeah, all the decor is actually gone, and we're starting over, and much smaller, and much simpler, and much later. That's my theory. Well, I mean, the thing is, I don't even know if the decor that I have from Christmas last year is even going to go with this apartment. Like, I honestly think I need to get a brand new tree. I don't even know if the tree is going to work because the apartment's so much smaller. I'm thinking about doing one of those very, very skinny trees, but it rotates. Have you ever seen oh. those? Christine, like it on and get real. <laughs> that's all I have to say. You don't like the spinning tree? Oh, my God. No. I think that's so classy. Yeah. Do you? Yes, because it shows I, abs- up all the ornaments. Absolutely not. So you know that I'm not even 
an artificial tree person to begin with. And mm. nothing screams artificial tree like a rotating plastic tree. I want a real tree that smells nice and drinks water and it's, I don't know, that's just how I am. I don't judge people who go the artificial route. It's not for me. Rotating, it's just, you're like flaunting the artificiality. Although Quiet Wyatt has donned his headphones and really wants to jump in here, which he rarely does. So go ahead. Well, I just, we first have to talk about the fact that why are we talking about Christmas in October? And also, Christine, please do not do that. Do not get a skinny Christmas tree that is fake. That is just so wrong. And rotating. And we're talking about it because it's the issue of Christmas creep. This We're actually falling victim to it here, but in the context of talking about your mother setting you straight the way that she did. Wow, you guys are, I, I'm in shock about how judgy you are about, the, I thought the rotating tree no. was going to make you guys think it was classy. Honestly. Hmm. There's just such a disconnect. There's just such yeah. a misunderstanding of what is classy and what is not in my mind. Now, we might have some fabulous listeners out there who swear by, live by the rotating skinny plastic Christmas tree. Just not me. It's just not for me. And it just it's literally too many moving parts. Constantly moving. I don't like with colored the train? lights on the tree. I like a white light. I don't want them flickering. I want them to be consistently on. Not simple flickering. simplicity you don't have the twinkle in the tr- like we like no. you can okay let me ask you something do you have a train under the tree no so let me just pick let me set you up a little picture here imagine a slowly rotating tree colored lights a little twinkle in all of the lights as bing crosby singing and the train is going around the track underneath I mean, chills. Get real, Christine. That's, I mean, it's just, I keep coming back to that. It's such an appropriate phrase. I do have an update, though, that actually applies to the whole Christmas creep discussion because we started this yesterday. I was talking about the shocking information that I got about our Christmas party from our caterer that we've used for years. Adam had spoken to not the woman that I have always dealt with, but someone else. And he was saying there's a new rule and minimum spend, and it was going to be more than double. It was actually between double and triple what we have spent in the past. And this blew me away. And I was like, well, we, we literally can't do that. We can't afford it. That's crazy. We might have to change caterers and change the whole plan. Well, in the interim, before I bring the latest update to you, Christine, I wanted to let you know I got some text messages yesterday from my parents who listened to the segment. They were offering to come and be the caterers because this was their way of trying to get themselves invited to the party, and they were going to come in and cater the whole thing. Um, They are not caterers. This is not necessarily in their wheelhouse. They can entertain nicely. This is just a very specific skill set. So they were doing basically what you did, which was to offer to sort of thrust themselves into this whole fray to, quote, unquote, help. But I was, in the meantime, brainstorming other solutions. I was wondering, what if we could get the headcount under a certain number, and that could bring the cost way down potentially? And I was thinking in terms of triage, like, who would we maybe not (gasps) invite back this time around? And there were just certain demographics and individuals that came to mind that, you know, maybe just, you know, wouldn't make the cut this time. You know, from 
certain, you know, mid-Atlantic, New York area states. It's so far to travel, you know, especially if you've got, you know, a husband and a kid at home and a dog at home as well. Just like a very vague general demographic. If you've ever done violence to a pony, for example, just like a vague group of people that might be at the very top of the list to get axed. And that was part of my plan. What do you think of that? Well, I mean, obviously you're not talking about me, but just say for the purpose of entertainment, you are talking about me. This Mm. would probably interrupt Dan's plans because I was assuming that I'd be driving Dan Dan and his uh, lovely gal pal. So you would really be, um, it would be problematic for more than just me. I'm just saying. Well, I would probably just like back channel with Dan Dan and YY getting certain best friends down to the party without the knowledge of maybe another one. I would see it on so. I mean, that's the thing. You can't not invite people these days because of social media. What if like- True, but you can mute certain people from seeing your social media. So you're gonna tell the whole party, please mute- Please mute well, cookie. you know, certain certain crucial key players, right? Certain targeted folks. And this is all, of course, completely hypothetical. I'm not saying that this is what we're going to do. It's just something. Sometimes hard choices have to be made, right? And I think was that not Hillary Clinton's autobiography, "Hard Choices"? I mean, that is kind of what we might have to deal with here. And it's it wouldn't be personal, right? You could go and what? maybe f- run into run to a psychic. In Times Square, and they could be like, "Ooh, I sense a disturbance in the friendship," but it really wouldn't be that. It would just be, you know, a, a lack of Christmas cheer necessitated by Bidenflation. You know, it's Biden. If this were to happen, it's Biden's fault, Christine, not anyone else's. I can I can help you. I can most certainly go through the list with you. But like, I'm like the center of the party. I, you can't. And who else is going to make? Did you see those shrimp and cheese trees I sent yes, you? Yes. You sent me a shrimp tree that you wanted to bring, mm-hmm. and I appreciate the enthusiasm. I'm just saying, desperate times call for desperate measures. And you know, with this, with this massive Biden inflation happening, plus the new policy at the caterers, is sort of like you know, you have to start crossing names off the list. And we didn't officially start the prospect, but we definitely had at least one name you know, uh, initially, tentatively crossed off at just, you know, between one and let's say 50, but probably closer to one name so far. But I will keep you posted on the developments there. Well, that was the plan at least, except you can breathe a sigh of relief, Christine. On the way to the studio today before the show, I placed a phone call to the woman at the caterer that I've been working with now for years said, hey, my husband was talking to one of your colleagues, and it sounded like there might have been a miscommunication. What we had in mind was almost exactly the same deal that we've always had. Is that still in the realm of possibility? And she told me that, indeed, there was a miscommunication and were existing clients, and the rules that were outlined do not apply to us, and they would very much love to keep the tradition going for basically the exact same deal, same contract, and it should be in my inbox by tomorrow. So it looks like... The crisis has been averted, and our blacklist of one or more people might, in fact, go away. So Christmas has been saved. Christmas Christmas has been saved by a woman named Elise. Now, can the um, Benson parents and Cookie still come? 
Well, I mean, so my, my parents have typically not been invited to this particular gathering because they're going to drive down for Thanksgiving and then again for Christmas. So they'll be spending a lot of time at the house, and it's a very long drive, as you know, double your drive. So I think that they're probably not going to be coming down for this party right in between the two holidays where they're going to be at the house so much. In terms of cookie, I you know, we'll see. I'm, I'm not making any promises, but my guess is – and truthfully, my gut instinct is I do owe it to Bobby to have him at least invited. He gets a plus one. Given all the stuff that he finds oh, out about he gets on this one. show every single day, basically, about his own marriage and his own household, I feel like he deserves an invite to the party. And he gets a plus one, which could be Megan, by the way, because she definitely provides a lot of content here as well. But that's really his call. That's, that is a private matter for your private marriage that we never discuss here. Well, you're going to disappoint another person on the team because I didn't get a chance to tell him yet, but I was planning on sleeping over at YY's house. So if I'm not there, you are you are ruining the night of not just yourself and Adam and me, but Dan Dan and YY. Well, Wyatt just got up and left the studio in a panic <laughs> at this prospect. So, I, you know, you can always – why don't you call him after the show? And you I can sure talk will. it through – I'm sorry, Wyatt. I shouldn't have suggested that. But you guys can work it out together. But you know the date, Christine. I might have let it slip on our Stanford trip. So you can circle that. And maybe all the quote-unquote best friends will be united for the party after all with the crisis solved and Christmas saved. And with that, on October the 11th, we're out of time. I'm on Special Report tonight on the panel. Fox News Channel coming up in the next hour. See you there. Back here tomorrow, same time, same place, but from Atlanta, Georgia. It's the Guy Benson Show. Have a great night. Home stretch. Wednesday edition from Atlanta. It's the Guy Benson Show. Thank you so much for listening. Free podcast, GuyBensonShow.com. That's available every day when the show is over. Just a few minutes from right now. Well, as I mentioned, I'm here in Atlanta. I'm sneaking off to Truist Park to watch the Braves and the Phillies game two. The Phillies won game one here yesterday, seven to six. Braves trying to level the series one game apiece. Of course, I was kind of the Braves good luck charm last year. They weren't playing great. They had me come in, asked me to throw out the first pitch, which I did. I threw a strike just for the record, according to the umpire. Threw a strike, didn't bounce it. Braves won the game, won the series, then went on to win the World Series. I've said before, I don't take full credit for that, but, you know, I'm still waiting on my commemorative World Series ring. For the role that I did have in the Braves championship run last year, and they want to extend it here this year, a big game tonight here in Atlanta. I'm, of course, happy because my actual team, the Yankees, won game one in the Bronx last night against Cleveland, 4-1. to Garrett Cole pitching like a number one starter, an ace should, which I was a little nervous about. Big two-run home run by Anthony Rizzo to basically put the game out of reach. So they're off tonight, game two tomorrow. So I can just enjoy the game here this evening in Atlanta. And I was just pretty happy, happy happy-go-lucky, carefree, heading into an evening of postseason baseball and maybe some complimentary beers is my understanding, perhaps where my seats are and all of that. And then I was informed of something very disturbing which turned my mood south quickly. A dark shadow cast over my visage. Producer Christine, who is the executive producer of this show, 
we have a lot of fun with Christine. We poke fun at her from time to time. She bullies us, as I mentioned earlier, a little bit. But it's all in good fun. But I'm starting to actually get concerned about this issue. We have ridiculed her about her vacuum cleaner saga now on and off for more than a year. We've talked about it here on the segment. She accumulated something like four or five different vacuum cleaners and kept buying new ones and then falling out of love with them and then buying yet another new replacement but not getting rid of the old ones or not selling them. Then she threw out all of them and bought another one recently. She finally found her favorite one. All the other ones were thrown in the garbage. Then she wasn't happy with that. And I thought at last the vacuum situation was over. We had brought that storyline here to a close. The writers had run out of material. And then a little birdie mentioned earlier today, after I landed here in Atlanta, that there is yet another development on the vacuum front that may require at some point an actual intervention of the friends and loved ones of producer Christine to gather together and put some sort of an end to this madness, or at least try. Christine, what has happened? No, 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 no. Before we even get into the whole vacuum saga, I want you to give me two instances of when I have ever bullied you or anyone on this show, because you can't come up with them. Well, I think what you're doing right now is bullying, first of all. And second of all, it's it's a classic technique of an addict especially at an intervention, to try to change the subject immediately. Like, no, no, let's talk about something else as opposed to the problem that I have. So we're not going to, because we care about you and love you, Christine, we are going to stay on track here. We're going to stay focused and on topic. Your vacuum cleaner. There's another vacuum cleaner. There's another one, really? There's going to be. I'm doing some research right now. It is not my fault that these vacuums don't, suck the way they should how do what do you say i don't know dan what's the word like clean function they don't function the way they're you just want not them to? working the way that i would prefer them to work and i guess when you spend only 49.99 on a vacuum you get a 49.99 product well except you also bought a very expensive brand oh yes i did a 600 dollars one yep and you didn't like that one and you threw that one away I know. I, I'm going, I mean, I don't know Christine. what else to do. What What do you want me to do? I need a vacuum. It's, it's not a problem. Christine, I mean, you had like six of them. But they don't, they're not good. Obviously, they work well enough because people live with perfectly average or even subpar vacuum cleaners all the time and they just make do. I don't, what is the obsession here? Like, I honestly am worried that there is some sort of like, I, I don't want to overstate this, but strange, abnormal fixation on this issue to the point that it goes beyond the performance of a, of a vacuum cleaner? No. Are you saying that I'm crazy? Like, I are did you, not like, use say, that word. Are you saying that I'm crazy? Is that what you're trying to say on air? I, I'm not trying to say anything. I am expressing concern about your well-being, having now started to make plans to purchase, I think, your seventh vacuum cleaner since I've known you. 
You should not express concern to me. Go express concern to Hoover, Bissell, Shark, Dyson. I mean, all of them are bad. They you just Roomba. all of them don't work is what you're saying. And, Correct. And Correct. You have a therapist, don't you? Yes, Roy. Se- several, right? Yes, Roy. You want me to go talk to you want me to spend the money I spend on Roy to talk to him about the fact that vacuums don't work? Yeah, because otherwise you're going to be spending a lot more money on therapy and vacuum cleaners. You might as well like kill two birds with one stone here and put an end to some of this. And you know I am your non-licensed, non-compensated therapist as well. I'm part of your whole coterie of of help uh, when it comes to mental health and other things. I am urging you to talk to a professional about this strange vacuum cleaner compulsion because it was sort of funny and silly for a while, and then it was like, okay, she's throwing away the Dyson, that's weird. Then, oh, she's throwing away all of her vacuum cleaners. She's got the new one, and she loves it, and she's finally stuck with it. And I thought we were done, like a month ago. We were done. And now there's another one, apparently, going on the garbage heap, and you're back to the research and purchase oh, so- part of the cycle. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> it is a little, ooh. Okay, but the thing is, I'm not throwing away this vacuum. The one I just got. I'm going to well, keep that one. You're just going to have it sit there? Yeah, because if you take the, like, attachment off, it actually has good suction. So, like, I can get into crevices and corners very well. So, I like that. The use. What, Dan? You're going to have two vacuums using at once. So one to get into crevices and one to do the floors. So, you, I'll bring the first vacuum out to do, like, crevices and, like, oh, you know, like, goodness. the little things. Then you bring the big vacuum out to do the rest of the apartment. Apartment. (laughs) There's, have you ever been diagnosed as OCD? No, I have not. I mean, I'm not an expert, as I said, non-licensed, but this is sounding pretty OCD. One vacuum for one little type of corner and then another vacuum for the rest of it because the previous six weren't good enough. It there's there's it's not me. I'm not the problem. It's the product that is the problem. It's the company that is the problem. It's not me. So when you say go get professional help, sure. If there is like a professional cleaning service that listens to the show and wants to call in and talk to me about what proper vacuum I should use, great. Let's do it. I'm not gonna I have plenty to talk to about with Roy, okay? <laughs> plenty. We don't need to talk about vacuums. I think you might. How much money collectively have you spent on vacuums in the last two to three years? Well, the Dyson was six hundred. This was fifty nine ninety nine. Um, oh, that other that one that spun like the robot one that was like three hundred. Then we had the Shark that was probably one sixty nine. So, like, way past a thousand dollars. Oh, oh, yeah. Is that bad? I mean. Go back and listen to this segment on the podcast and just just listen to yourself and just try to take yourself out of the mentality that the carpet isn't quite clean enough for your liking. And just like if this were someone else talking about their purchasing habits and you knew that person had a therapist. Wait, I don't have carpet. Talking about. Wait, this is hardwoods? Yes. Do you finally get it? I don't know. No, that makes even less sense. I don't have any carpets. That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) 
I, I, to me, the whole purpose of a vacuum cleaner is to clean carpets and rugs, and you can use, like, Swiffer or something like that on hardwoods. No, you, you sure, you use that after you vacuum. There's, like, a whole process. Wyatt, for some reason, wants to jump in. I can't imagine what he has to say. Wyatt, help, help. All, all, all I am going to say is that next week we are all going to be together as a team and this needs to be discussed and an intervention seriously needs to take place because this is just unhealthy behavior, Christine. We, we cannot allow this. Wow. We, I thought you would understand more when I said there's no carpet. I get that. But, Christine, th- th- there has been too many vacuums. This is this is bad, okay? I, I, I just think that we need to... We need to just talk about and, this. And by the way, can I just, I'll just add, there might be some cynics in the audience right now saying, okay, guys, you have absolutely beaten the vacuum joke or storyline to death. That would assume that we kind of made it up a little bit and we're just exaggerating. We're not. This is all real. I found out about this today. And at first I laughed, but then I did feel like a little bit queasy about it like i can't believe we are back to this christine and that you are returning to the interwebs to find the new salvation vacuum cleaner that inevitably will be unsuccessful and insufficient in your mind and the cycle is vicious and it will continue with lots of money going out the door for no good reason until someone puts an end to it and whether it's our intervention in new york next week or you talking to roy or some combination thereof it's just, I mean, does Bobby know about this yet? Or is he going to find out about this listening right now? Uh, Bobby, I didn't want to say this, but since he's listening, I cannot tell a lie. Bobby also asked me this morning to talk to Roy about this. I kind of just laughed it off. But now there's two people telling me I should talk to three, four. <laughs> telling- yeah, we're, all, we're all raising our hands. We think you need to seek some help on this because we care about you. And perhaps there's some deeper meaning to this. A root cause, as the vice president might say. Get into that with Roy. And if you're willing to share, feel free to bring that to the air or not. Just get the help that you need on the vacuum front. It's just too much. And with that, I'm going to head over to the ballpark. We're out of time here in Atlanta, back in this same studio tomorrow for The Guy Benson Show. Thank you for listening. Have a great night. Home stretch on this Friday Eve. On the Guy Benson Show from Atlanta this week. Thanks for tuning in. GuyBensonShow.com for the free podcast every day. And we had actually one of our colleagues here at Extra in Atlanta, Carlos Medina. He was on with us in the last hour talking about specifically the Senate race here in Georgia and what he's seeing and hearing on the ground. And he made reference to it. And I just have to mention it one more time. I have now been part of this station They've been our affiliate for over a year. They've had me come here a few different times. This is my third station visit. And by the way, I just discovered for the first time that they have a soda fountain here, like in their kitchen, a Coca-Cola soda fountain, including Coke Zero, which is incredible and also very dangerous given my consumption levels of that particular product. Now it's just like unlimited right there. Anyway, since I've been... On this station, they've had me down a few different times, and very kindly, they've invited me to go over and watch some Braves games because the stadium is right across the street from the studios. 
And our sister station here in Atlanta is the flagship radio station for Atlanta Braves baseball. So they've got all the hookups over there. Dickey Broadcasting has a suite and amazing seats down by the field. So I had all that experience last year. You may recall that I was asked by the Braves to throw out the first pitch at a game against the Cardinals. They'd been struggling. The Braves had. I roll into town. I throw a first pitch called a strike by the umpire, Blooper, their mascot. Didn't bounce it. If anything, it was a little bit high, but a strong arm. I'm just, many people are saying. And then I went to the next game as well. They won both games and then turned the season around, went on to win the World Series. And I'm not taking, as I've said before, I'm a very humble person. I'm not taking full responsibility or credit for the World Series victory. I'm just, you know, pointing out, I would say, a correlation, perhaps causation. I don't see any logical flaws there at all. Then they fall down one game to none in the NLDS against Philadelphia the day before I get here. Then I go to the game last night, and wouldn't you know it, shutout victory for the home team. And when the game ended, I texted Matt Edgar, who's the programming director here, and I said, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. And as Carlos mentioned last hour, Mr. Dickey, who runs the radio station, he said, well, they might have to look into flying me back if necessary. And I'm not totally opposed, certainly not for the right price. (laughs) Anyway, it's very cool to be here. And look, playoff baseball, just the intensity of it. It was a pitcher's duel for much of the game. A lot of fun. Had a really good time. Plus, not all the stress involved watching your own team, where it can be excruciating. Speaking of which, the Yankees rained out today. They'll play tomorrow afternoon instead. In the meantime, right before the break, we talked about this story. New York Post wrote it up, but I'd actually been hearing about this. Apparently, Gen Z, and look, I'm skeptical of all these stories about like, oh, this young generation, look at what they're doing now. Because I remember when they would write these stories about millennials. Oh, the awful millennials. Bunch of boomers whining about millennials, perhaps forgetting that they raised us. Anyway. Gen Z is the young generation now. And now I'm getting cranky and crotchety and old, so we can be mad at Gen Z together. So they're, I guess, upset about, and they, right? It's like random people on the internet, which is why I'm skeptical, but we're talking about it anyway. The story is many of them, let's put it that way, view the thumbs up emoji as passive aggressive and hostile which I think on its face is sort of confusing because it means, good, yes, thumbs up. That is almost universally forever a positive, almost like international gesture that is good. It's meant to signify good, okay, etc. But my understanding from this New York Post story and from some conversations is The objection is when someone sends in response to something else just a thumbs-up emoji, that can be interpreted as passive-aggressive. Sort of just like the absolute bare minimum, like, okay, not in a good way. Now, I think some people are way oversensitive and overthinking it, and I guess there are other emojis that they're also mad about. There's a list of them, including the red heart emoji. Come on. The red heart emoji is clearly a positive connotation. The OK sign, 
which some insane people on the left say is white supremacy or something, which it's not. They're mad about that. The green check mark. The poop emoji. Come on. Is nothing sacred? We want to get rid of the poop emoji? But, Dan, you were saying that your girlfriend, I guess she's, she, if I had to guess, she's probably not Gen Z. She She's a millennial, yes. But regardless, she doesn't like it when you do the thumbs up emoji. What's the problem here? So it seemed fine to me. Like, she would say something like, oh, we're going to do this this weekend, such and such. And I would send back the thumbs up emoji, thinking that's a good response. But she explained it that it's like saying K, like just sending K back, like, there's something wrong still. Like, I'm not giving you a full answer. So it's kind of like passive aggressive that way. People so, hate and this is hey. this is interesting with texting etiquette as well, because even simply sending back OK is sometimes seen as underwhelming, not enthusiastic. Getting rid of the O and just K yeah. is like, whoa, how dare you? What an insult. But if you did OK exclamation point. You're fine. Absolutely. Right? would be fine for her. She would have been okay with that. But thumbs up or K or just okay and no exclamation point, no good. Because it's just like what? It, you're being flippant or maybe you're not really happy with it, so you're sending the thumbs up emoji, but she can't really tell what you mean by that or what your facial expression is as you send it. And so it's not gushing enough right, or, or whatever. Like you're not ostentatiously enthusiastic enough that a thumbs up is insufficient. Like yeah, I think. Well, it's like it's a like bit, a little much. Well, it's like if I have I have something more to say. Like I want to say like I don't really want to do that this weekend, but I'm just going to give you the thumbs up so we right. don't have to talk about it anymore. Right. Like fine, you yeah. win. Thumbs yeah, up. Yeah. We're done here. Christine, you are not among the younger generation. So what do you make of this? I'm so confused. I thought the thumbs up was a good thing. I just sent it to my sister-in-law yesterday. I screenshot the conversation and sent it to YY and Dan because now I'm worried. We were talking well, about she, Christmas Did she have plans. a problem with it? Well, she didn't say. I don't think she would say if she had a problem with it. But we were talking about Christmas plans. She said we were going to do something at her house. And I gave the thumbs up sign, meaning, cool, mm. great, good. Is that bad? I don't know. And it, it kind of depends generationally as well because that's what I want to know. Like, let's say a Gen Z individual like Quiet Wyatt got a thumbs up emoji from a boomer like Christine, would he be more forgiving knowing that she's a boomer and would just kind of give her a pass like, oh, this is meant genuinely, not passive aggressively. But if a fellow young person such as myself were to send Wyatt a thumbs up with nothing else, would that be seen with a more jaundiced eye by Wyatt? Hmm, Wyatt, what do you say? I I think you you have to take... uh age and generational norms into consideration but i mean it it kind of depends i mean with christine if she sends me something like that i would be a little more forgiving just just knowing her well you her... you would be impressed you'd be impressed that she was using technology at all right it takes uh, a lot of learning for some folks no i i, I think i think this whole thing is kind of stupid i mean but i i will say i if someone sends okay that or K, that really does get me uh, get me going because I think that is a little passive aggressive. But I don't think emojis are. Yeah, I learned the OK problem a while ago, and so I try to remember the exclamation point. This is the other thing. 
like even in emails, if you don't have a bunch of like exclamation points and smiley faces, people view the email as cold or even hostile or way too to the point and they start getting worried. Like I would occasionally, and I've changed, I added exclamation points to avoid the miscommunication, but people are like, hey, is everything okay? I got your email, it just it seemed a little stern. And I look at it, it's like, what is wrong with this? They want more affirmation and exclamation points and smiley faces assure them that everything's okay. And this is not something I'm willing to fight over or like go to the mats on tradition, like exclamation points are extraneous and should only be used when they really matter. Like, I don't care about that. If you want me to put some exclamation points in there, fine. I'm happy to do it if it makes you feel better and doesn't make you sit there anxious and worried about how I'm feeling because I guarantee you I'm not thinking about it. Okay? Final words, Christine? Anything to add? Yeah, I have a lot to add, actually. So hold oh. on. We're not ending the segment yet. Let's well, just I mean, oh, we my are up fire against, alarm does. We're up against the clock. Okay, Wyatt says okay to me every single day and almost <laughs> every single response. So I'm a little bothered that that bothers him because that's all he ever says to me. No, but he okay. said he's he's adjusting and modulating his texting for you because he understands the huge generational gap at play. There, there is not a huge generational gap. Just because I probably could have birthed Wyatt doesn't mean that we're oh, that far apart. Boy, what a what an image that is. And, and <laughs> we do know, because people might wonder, what what generation is Christine? Is she a boomer? Is she an Xer? I'm not a boomer. Um, like, well, the one thing we know for sure, she is not a member of the silent generation. Like That is quite clear. But anyway, uh, your next point. I would like you to have a little more exclamation points and a little more smiley faces to your emails to me because they are never, never that friendly. So let's work we, on that. Too. Do we email, though? We don't really email. If you need something, you'll email me. And it's usually like one sentence. Yeah, lowercase. I just bang it out, send it off. Well, maybe a it's heart emoji. Very would be nice utilitarian. Once in a while. It's very utilitarian. And because, like, if you actually translate spoken out loud the words with all the exclamation points you actually sound like a lunatic christine i'm coming to new york next week can you make dinner reservations for us heart 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 like i sound like a psycho i feel like that's how i sound not my words not my words but we have to go exclamation point thank you for listening omg love 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 thumbs up Back here tomorrow, same time, same place, on The Guy Benson Show. We'll talk to you then, okay? It's the Friday home stretch on The Guy Benson Show. Thank you very much for tuning in. GuyBensonShow.com, our website, podcast, free every day. And I am going to be hopping in the car after the show and driving to Athens, Georgia, For tomorrow's football game, University of Georgia, the defending national champions, taking on Vanderbilt. I'm going with my best friend, Mary Catherine Hamm, who's a Georgia grad. So you all know I'm a Northwestern fan. So it has been, except for that week zero win in Ireland over Nebraska, that was the peak of the season. It's been all downhill from there. A lot of bad football. A lot of losses. So maybe I'll actually see a win in person between the hedges tomorrow. And I'd be actually quite surprised if the dogs don't pull it off. 
But should be fun. It's a great environment. Fun college town. I'm not really an SEC fan at all. I root against the SEC most of the time. I always root against Notre Dame. Sorry. Almost always. Like, I'm trying to think of a scenario under which I wouldn't. And then the SEC is kind of next up on the anti-rooting depth chart for me. But because of Mary Catherine and some other friends and now a tradition for a couple of years getting to some of these games, I kind of do have a soft spot for Georgia. And then they did what they did last year, which was so exciting. So looking forward to that. I would imagine in our car ride, there'll be some traffic getting out of Atlanta. Mary Catherine and I will discuss, as we have been privately, the latest updates in what's happening to her in her career. I'm not sure if you saw this story or heard about it. I would just encourage you to go Google her name, Mary Catherine Ham, and the words quiet suspended. And she wrote an essay explaining how her employer, CNN, kept her off the air for the better part of a year and the reasons why. And it is, I would say, pretty shocking if you don't know the details. She shares a lot of them. And that piece came out a little over a week ago and made quite a stir, at least among those who follow cable news. So feel free to take a peek at that. She and I will be discussing that at further length. That's just my guess. And then enjoying some football with some other friends tomorrow. Meanwhile, earlier today in New Jersey, there was a very important summit. Producer Christine saw her therapist, Roy. And I often like to explain here on this program, we often try to work through some of Christine's neuroses and traumas and and bad decisions. And I'm her unlicensed, uncompensated therapist. She has an actual licensed and compensated one whose name is Roy. And I had urged her rather strongly earlier in the week to perhaps seek some guidance from him on this. I don't even know what to call it. Saga obsession when it comes to vacuum cleaners, where she has blown through like six of them just in the last few months, it feels like, threw out a bunch of them, wasn't satisfied, threw them away in the garbage, bought a new one that she was finally satisfied with, and then decided she doesn't like that one anymore and she's about to go buy another one. And evidently, both yours truly and Christine's husband independently urged her to seek some help on this front. And so my understanding is... The meeting happened earlier today. I'm not sure if the entire session was devoted to vacuum cleaners or not. Uh, My father, by the way, who was a vacuum salesman, I think for a little while in college or maybe in high school, I forget all the details. He was urging Christine to get an Electrolux, and I was urging him to not encourage her on this. We don't need more ideas out there. We need fewer vacuum thoughts in her head. Christine... Of your session, and you can reveal as much or as little as you'd like, but of your session today with Roy, uh, what percentage roughly of it was devoted to this topic? I can't talk to you right now because now I'm Googling Electrolux vacuums. I didn't even know what that is. Here we go. I don't even know if they still exist. I think those are the ones that he sold. I'm very... I'm very vague on this. I think he also sold like encyclopedias when he was really young to make some money. And I think he was pretty successful at selling some vacuums, but that was probably, you know, in the 60s or 70s, 70s. It would certainly have been the 70s, I think, at that point. But no, stop Googling new vacuum cleaners, Christine. Let's focus here. Tell us about Roy today. Did we have any breakthroughs, any help coming? 
Not really. He was a little confused why we were talking about it. So he's like, so let me get this straight. You just keep buying vacuums and you're storing them? I said, no, 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 no. I get rid of the vacuum before. I said, but I just cannot find the right one. And he didn't really feel like it was something that we need to focus on. I mean, listen, we have a lot of other things we got to work on. Okay. So I don't think he wanted to take too much time up with this. But was he maybe not understanding, based on a lack of description by you, the disturbing nature of this, where you would hoard vacuum cleaners, make big public announcements about buying these vacuum cleaners, and then using them for a brief period of time, deciding they were insufficient, and then, yes, like throwing them in a closet altogether, and then throwing them all away, and then buying even more new ones, and now another one you know, coming down the line. Maybe he was not properly briefed on the scope of how strange this is. Are you saying that I didn't properly tell him the story? Yes, yes, I am. Because you don't think it's a problem for you. No. Therefore, you're downplaying it for him so he doesn't really understand. I think it might benefit your relationship with him and his effectiveness as a therapist for you if he did a little bit of homework before your sessions by just listening to Bonus Benson on the weekends? I'd prefer not. I don't need him to listen to that. Why? Um. Wouldn't he be better? He'd be better equipped to help you knowing some of this nonsense and also hearing a perspective other than the, I would say, probably whitewashed propaganda no, that you bring him. I told him. I said, I, I cannot find the right vacuum. And my coworkers think that's a problem. And he said, tell me more. And so I just explained to him that, you know, within the past two years, I've gone through a couple of vacuums. And you spent thousands of dollars on vacuum cleaners. I don't think I said that. Oh. He never asked. He did not ask me how much I've spent on vacuums. Well, I mean, he's not like an interviewer grilling you on Fox News Sunday. Like, he's there to help you, and he needs a more fulsome and complete picture of these contextual situations to, I think, really have the facts at his fingertips to make a difference and make a dent. That's why I think, Roy, if you're out there, if you know Roy, it's important that he become a listener of this show or at least bonus Benson on the weekends, and then he will have a better understanding of what truly he's dealing with in this particular client. I really I really don't like I know I don't want that to happen. I, I, we've come a long way, Roy and I. We've really worked out a lot of things hmm. and I want to just keep going in the direction that we're going. I What's did, the biggest what's the biggest piece of progress you've made with Roy? Ooh, you want to really know? Ooh, we could deep dive here. I'm, I'm a little scared now, but go ahead. Um, not, I'll be perfectly honest. I think this also came with age, though, but one of the biggest things we worked on is really not worrying what other people think about you or say about you because his whole thing is you cannot control the narrative of other people about you. Like, it's it's really none of your business what they think or what they say. You just put out the best version of yourself, and not everybody's going to love you. Okay. And well, that's good. So you're no longer concerned about what other people are saying well, about I, you. And I, I, that's no, we're, good. we're working on it. I didn't say I was cured. No, was, I'm, I'm glad that you've been basically cured of this because no. you wouldn't believe what I've been hearing people <laughs> saying about you. But, I mean, it's, it's obviously oh not, not really an issue anymore. So I'm glad that you've made that breakthrough. Good for him and good for you. I can't.
can't believe you did that. <laughs> I paid good money to stop worrying about this. Yeah, more or less money than the vacuum tab. Well, I think I found the proper vacuum. I was talking to Dan earlier. Oh, Dan, don't forget, Dan was not here. I had to explain to him the, um, what was it I did? Do you remember? I had to put on some report uh, for Bobby. Remember to get the Dyson? Oh, yeah. You had like a PowerPoint presentation Oh, the PowerPoint presentation. Remember that? Yeah, to try to convince him to spend money on the Dyson, which you then did and then got rid of it like almost immediately. But remember Bobby's one card? Remember he sent one PowerPoint presentation card back to me about oh, it? And remember yeah. he said, this presentation sucks. <laughs> well, little did he know how much it sucked given what ended up happening. See, this is the type of color that Roy needs well, to but, really, truly help you. But here's the thing. I shouldn't care what you think or Bobby thinks, right? Like, if, if no, I'm really putting... No, I, I, think, I think not caring about what, like, random haters think about you is probably healthy. I think your closest colleagues, supposed closest friends, and husband, you might have more concern about what they think of you, right? Some people's opinions matter. A lot of others don't as much, and I would say Bobby's opinion should be near the very top of people who matter. And uh, you know, mine mine is up there, right there with you know Dan Dan and YY. I mean, if we're if we're best friends or whatever, then you should care what we think. I mean, I'm a little worried. I don't think it worked with Roy on the vacuum front at all. No, obviously. Because she's been sitting here looking at promo videos for new vacuums for the past 45 minutes. Oh, well, I'm glad that she's doing that, paying very close attention to the show that she's producing. Yeah, she's just like, oh, uh, who who did we have on? There was some guest. It was Janice Dean. How was she? How did that interview go? I was watching YouTube videos of vacuum cleaners. That's some good producing work right there. It was show prep. Thanks, Dan. Well, I guess it was show prep for this segment. That's good spin there, Dan, that you just gave her. Uh, Wyatt, let's bring you in here as the voice of reason. Uh, Are you convinced that Christine is getting the help that she needs? And by the way, have you heard these same things that I've heard about what people are saying about her that she doesn't care about anymore? Stop! But anyway, go go ahead, Wyatt. I I have heard them. They're they're very interesting. (laughs) Wyatt! Um, (laughs) No, but we actually, Christine, what we're doing, uh, I think next week, one of the nights that we're, we're all in New York together, we're going to happy hour, mm-hmm. wink, wink. We're all, we're, I'm renting yep. a huge uh, party room in one of these yep. bars. Drinks, lots of drinks, dark bar, and very it's, dark it's, bar. It's mm-hmm. not an intervention. It is just a happy hour that yeah, we're all going to it. together. That's all it is. Will so, it be a bright day? It, it, if, it, if it needs to be in your mind, it will be. And we're all just going to be there to... Have fun, and We're and gonna that's all. all. Hang out. Oh, wait a sec. Oh my God, I actually just fell for this for a second. I don't like any of this conversation, and I would like it to end now. Well, you're lucky because we're up on a break, so we've got to go. The week is over, but next week is right around the corner, and I'll be in New York for several days for a number of important events, including, well, you know what we just referenced here. In the meantime, everyone have a great weekend. Thank you so much for listening back here on Monday for the Guy Benson Show. That was this week's edition of Bonus Benson. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.